your loss of that grandchild and the loss that your child is, is enduring and navigating. So it's almost like this double whammy. Welcome to Resilient Moms Hope, Healing, and Living After Loss podcast. My name is Teresa Reiniger, and I am a mindset and grief transformation coach. I'm here to hold space for grieving moms to find support and resources to navigate the grief of infertility, pregnancy, or childhood loss. You will hear heartfelt conversations where practical strategies of healing will be shared inspiration, encouragement to guide you to find purpose from your pain. Thank you for joining me. I encourage you to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode and connect with me on social media. Now take a deep breath to feel safe, lean in, open your heart, and find strength in the stories shared. Together, let's explore the power of hope, healing, and living after loss. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I decided to change things up for this week. We just celebrated while I'm recording this and um, we just celebrated Grandparents Day just a few days ago before this is being released. And I was thinking about that and I just felt um, a need to talk a little bit about myself and grandparents that are grieving. I think um, it's something that I felt a need to talk about on the podcast this week. And I think it's interesting. It's as a grieving grandparent, when my daughters had their losses, the miscarriages, all the miscarriages that they had, um, I can just remember it being really difficult to support them and support myself. You know, of course, I wanted to support them um, in their loss, and I knew I was grieving myself. And so kind of what I wanted to share today is like grandparenting, grandparents have changed over the years. I'll just say that. Like, Grandparents aren't even, not in my case, but in a lot of cases, aren't even called grandparents anymore. Like I am, I'm Grandma R and my husband is Grandpa R, but so many are not called Grandma and Grandpa. Like there's so many names like Mimi and Nana and Nano and Mama and Mima and Oma and Opa and Grammy and Grams and Papa and Poppy and Gramps, you know, there's there so many other names that that has changed I think, through the years. And the other thing that seems um, that I that I thought of was that a lot of times kids now move away for a job or they move away for um, school and they and they stay there. You know, they move away for a job and grandparents would be, soon to be grandparents will move to be closer to their grandchildren. So that whole dynamic has kind of changed with grandparents. And 
when your child is going to have a child, it's almost like it's this second chance to raise a child or help raise a child. And we're always talked about as grandparents about boiling them like we didn't do with our own children. You know, the opportunity to spoil this little one. Um, and that changes, you know. Um, when a grandchild dies, you're really put in a state of loss. Like this is not anything that anyone knows how to navigate. Um, your child's loss and your loss, your loss of that grandchild and the loss that your child is is enduring and navigating. So it's almost like this double whammy. And what's interesting too is like when you want to talk about that, like when I talk about, you know, years ago when they were going through this, like, you know, the miscarriages and multiple, multiple miscarriages and other people's cases, just the loss of stillbirth, a six-year-old or whatever, you know, that childhood loss. You want to talk about it because you need to express that as a grandparent and you need to heal. But inevitably, and I'm not saying this is wrong, it just happens. It's human nature. It's just what happens is guess what people say, you know, when you're wanting to talk about it and to heal yourself and express that, what do other people say? They say, how's the mom? How's the dad? And of course they say that, you know, because they're concerned about them as well. And so that makes it hard now because you're wanting to talk about your grief. Um, you want to work on healing your grief and of course they, they kind of change the subject, which leads me to be to a lot of times that happens. Like when someone talks about someone's loss, doesn't not necessarily just child loss, but that is what we're talking about here on the podcast, but loss in general is people search their brain then to find someone, a family or a friend that they know that has a similar loss so that they can connect to them for support. But I'll, I'll share with you kind of subconsciously, it's like they don't want the sadness on them. They want to find them someone else so the sadness can be shared between them and not, well, yeah, and you know, not be taking in that sadness on our on themselves. We don't want to talk about sad, hard things. And we know it kinda you know, it's just human nature, like sadness, grief, loss, anger, blame, shame. It's very low on the emotional scale, um, very negative and and most people do not want to stay in that sort of state. They want to rise. They want to be happier. They want to feel peace and joy. And so it's uncomfortable, super uncomfortable to talk to someone 
um, about their loss, about grief, um, because of that emotional piece, of course, um, that keeps us in a lower emotional state. And we know that is so important for people to have people to talk to, to navigate through the grief. So another thing with grandparents is when there's a loss of a grandchild, whether pregnancy or childhood, wherever the loss is, the grandparent takes on, instead of now spoiling a grandchild, they take on that ultimate caregiver role. And what I mean by that is they're caring for their adult child who is grieving. And then they're also caring for if there's children, if there's aunts, uncles, friends. They're kind of the elder in the family. And so they're looked to to be that ultimate caregiver. And so a lot um, comes upon them, I'll say. Um, not purposely. It just, it just happens. It's kind of the order of family and the older people, you know, uh, people gravitate to them to help them through things. Um, and loss and grief is one of those things. So they're put in a position that's very hard because they're considered an elder. And so what also happens, just a piece of that is, for instance, when the loss happens, when that loss occurs, that the parent, grandparents, it's, they're the ones that, that a lot of times need to make all the phone calls because they want to protect their child from doing that because it's a hard thing to tell people. So they'll take that on. And so now it's the grandparent, the parent of the couple that had the loss that are sharing that story, sharing over and over and over again about the loss. They're sharing with family members and friends and coworkers, and they're sharing that over and over. And so they're um, and they're doing this, which is really hard. It's heartbreaking to be to be put in that position, but it just happens. It's not that people are forced into that. I, I don't get me wrong on that. Just an awareness here. Um, and all of this is really to care for their child because this is their child, and that's what parents do is they care for their children. Um, and even in this most difficult time, they're content. still always, always caring for their children. And I just recently heard just another layer that kind of gets put on to grace sometimes is I was listening to a recording and it was about grandparents and, and grief. And this grandmother had lost her grandchild. And it wasn't an infant, um, you know, maybe six, seven, don't remember the, how old the child was by an accident. And she, besides grieving her granddaughter, she was also grieving that the family kind of legacy of motherhood had ended. 
like no one else in the family. She was the only girl, you know, um, only child that was a girl that would ever be a female giving birth. So it was a loss of this granddaughter and the legacy of, of ever giving birth, someone female ever giving birth in that family. So it's just another layer on top of that. Um, and then another piece of that that I that I want to share with you is, which adds another layer too to the parents, is that as children, when we get married, we want to have children. We want to give our parents grandchildren. You know, in, in a lot of cases, they want grandchildren and we want to give them that gift or everything that they've given us. And of course, we want it for ourselves, but we also want to give them a gift of grandchildren. And we, we can't do that or something happens that we're not able to do that. And that's taken or that's taken away that loving that child and spoiling that child and that's taken away. That's another layer of grief for those parents to have that gift of a child for their parents to be grandparents. That's gone. So there's another layer of grief that goes with that. And remember, as we've talked about on many, many episodes, that we all grieve differently. We grieve very individually. And when we're talking about our children, as me, like as a grandparent, um, our children, my daughter's grief is very different than what I do. And I still, to this day, because I do this podcast, I want to talk about those losses that I endured and the losses that my daughters endured. And sometimes they don't necessarily, I think, want to talk about their losses. It's very individual and they grieve differently. And so what I want to share with you, it is so important that we don't force talking about the loss with our children if they don't want to talk about the loss. And we know it's important to talk about the grief, the loss. And it's very individual, remember, so that we need to communicate that we're always willing and open as parents, grandparents, to talk to our children about the loss and that we're going to follow their lead. Let them be the one to lead those conversations and don't force those conversations because we can do that as parents. It's just part of parenting. We want to guide. We want to fix. We want to teach. We want to comfort. And sometimes in doing that, it's not what they need at that time. They're on their own journey grief. Their own grief journey. Had that backwards. I'm like, wait, that's not right. Um, and we want to respect that and honor them and help them through their grief journey instead of 
many times I've heard that it separates um, daughters from mothers because moms don't understand and the daughters need space. They need their own space to grieve. And so there's a wedge push there. Um, and, and it's just because we are so nurturing and so caring as mothers that we don't realize. Um, I guess sometimes we force too much. We guide too much because we're older, we're their parents. You know, we need to just be very, very aware of to put it out there and let them lead. And for them to know that we're always um, willing to talk to them so that they can express that um, grief. So that was kind of some, gosh, this, words of insight that I have that we just want to be very, very careful with not pushing too much onto them and letting them lead and respecting their journey. Um, it's important for us to know that we're 100% in control of talking about our grief carefully with our children. <laughs> But we're a zero percent of control of what people, how people respond to us talking about our grief, and we have to really honor everyone's journey because it is very individual, um, for sure. And I would say, if our child, your child, is not physically um, placing physical or mental harm on their self, then it's their journey. And we need to allow them to journey through their healing the way that they need to journey through their healing. And just a little insight also is that I just thought of is, like it might be better for us as parents, grandparents, to really treat our children as if they're our friend, as if they're a friend and not a child of ours. It would probably change how we spoke, things we did. We would ease up, I think, a little bit on words that are spoken and how they're spoken. We wouldn't be as um, forceful on um, suggestions, things to do, um, if it was just a friend, that would be lighter. So kind of maybe think about that, that treat your adult children as if they were friends. It is very hard to parent <laughs> adult children, and it's even harder to parent adult children that are grieving. And so just take um, take a step back, open the communication with them, and then allow them to leave. Um, and 
for you as a grandparent or for you to share with your parents who are grandparents um, because they are grandparents. Even if there's been a loss, they're still grandparents. Is to find support for yourself because now you are this person that's taken on this elder role in the family um, and really helping and supporting in so many ways, um, navigating people, communicating with you and talking with you because they don't want to call the um, your child your, um, that's had the loss. But I want you to take care of you. You know, if, and this is for everyone really, if you have fallen and you've broken your arm, you wouldn't wait until it begins to feel better to go to the emergency room. And that's what we want to do in grief. We want to just give it time. We want to see if we can feel better on our own. But like a broken arm, we need to seek support right away. The sooner you go and look for support and get support, find that person you can talk to, the, the journey um, of healing can be um, smoother, more quicker, uh, quicker, I'm not sure that's a word, um, but it can be better. And I don't want to say it's ever really better, but a little better, a little navigating it in a little healthier way. We all want to, like I said before, we want to be higher on that emotional barometer, that emotional scale. We don't want to be so sad, angry, um, feeling guilty, uh, blaming. We, it's just hard for us to feel that in our bodies. And it's not the healthiest. So we do want to bring that up. And the best way, the best way to do that is to find someone to talk to and seek out support. And I know just from the people that I've worked with as clients and, and support groups, the hardest part of that is, could be walking through the door to get help or clicking the link, or making a phone call. Those are the hardest, is that initial step. And I'm encouraging you, especially you as grandparents, I hope this is shared with some grandparents, that you need support as well. You need to seek support if your child has had a loss. You've had a loss, kind of a double whammy. And you need support. You don't need to be the strong one for everyone. Yes, support them. Yes, take care of them. But take care of you too. We all know we've been on an airplane. Put your oxygen mask on first so that you can better help others. So just remember that. Um, find the support that you need. I'm here to help you. Um, as a grandma that has lost, um, you know, seven miscarriages, my daughter's seven miscarriages, and, and my two. Um, and I'm here to support you and help you. 
hardest part is making a phone call, sending me an email, clicking on the link in the podcast. Reach out. Let's just have a conversation. Doesn't mean we have to work with each other for a long period of time. Let's just talk. Because um, I know that will be helpful for you for us to have a conversation. So thank you for your time um, and listening. I just felt um, I wanted to talk about grandparents and grieving as a grandparent to hopefully help support you um, as a grandparent that has had a loss of a grandchild, whether that loss was in a pregnancy, a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or even in childhood. Um, we need support too as grandparents. I know I do. And I continue to need support from other people. So thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to, to being with you again next week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button so that you don't miss an episode. Check the show notes for any resources mentioned during this episode. And I want to invite you to download my free guide at www.livingaftergrief.com forward slash grief hyphen impact hyphen wheel. It's called the Grief Impact Wheel and it's designed to guide you to begin your grief transformation. Also, remember that you don't move forward or allow your grief work to start until you begin to talk about it. I encourage you to move from that stuck state by talking with someone. Reach out to me or someone that can support you in moving forward. If you'd like to connect with me, you can message me at Living After Grief on social media or email me at Teresa at livingaftergrief.com. I can't wait to be with you again next week, and I'm sending you love and peace, my friends.